it's in Wentzville, Missouri, and it is a really, a really up and coming area. One of the more up and coming areas here in the entire St. Louis metro area, if not the up and coming area. And it's just a rougher neighborhood yeah. that has, you know, older, some of the older neighborhoods yeah. out Got there. Got a bad stigma, kind of. Got a bad stigma. And we're turning that around. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We're going to own half the neighborhood, if not more, and we're going to continue to make it nicer, rehab the properties, hold our tenants accountable, treat them fairly. And it's going to be an even, uh, it's going to be a desirable place in a desirable city. You're listening to the Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth Podcast, hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls, investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Hello, and welcome to the Faster Freedom Show. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. And we are going to talk today about how we bought a neighborhood. That's crazy, right? That really happened? Well, it's not. It's it's a little bit of exaggeration, a little bit of hyperbolic, but not really. I mean, it is, but it's not. We bought 42 houses all in the same neighborhood, all at the same time. I don't know how many houses are in the neighborhood. How much it's you say? About ninety. Ninety. Yeah, I tried to count them, and that's the closest I got. One. Time. So we we about half of a neighborhood, yeah. and we own a couple other houses there. So when I say we bought a neighborhood, that's not quite accurate, but we own half of the neighborhood, so that it's a pretty pretty good number yep. still. Yeah, a good chunk. <laughs> a good chunk. A good chunk, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll continue to pick off houses in that neighborhood. Yeah, we like it, that neighborhood. It uh, kind of a neighborhood that needs some love, but uh, it's, it's also a neighborhood that no one ever gave a chance, I feel like. They're like, oh, don't go in there, but it's in a great part of town. Um, just needs a little love, and that's what that's what here we're here to provide. Have you ever seen the movie um, Last Kiss or First Kiss with Freddie Prince Jr.? Oh, you guys? Maybe. Well, anyways. I get a that char- and she's all that confused. Yeah, well, it's. A, I feel like the, the neighborhood's like a character in uh, a show or a movie that like Nobody gives a chance to, you know, just needs a little bit clean mm. buttoned up. And then, you know, oh my gosh, they do a little workout routine. They get cleaned up and then they're like, pretty the sure that prettiest, she's all that. That she's all that. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Last kiss or first kiss. Is that a song in that yeah, movie? Yeah, this kiss. See? So yeah. you got it. So she's all that. She, I feel like the neighborhood's like the character and she's all that. Yeah. Very similar. Mm-hmm. You're right. Very, very same <laughs> thing. My analogies to get the show kicked off, I think. They're the reason why people listen. Yeah. They're just so on point. Extreme makeover. Extreme makeover. So, well, I don't, yeah, it's, I just, it's got a lot of potential. It's mm-hmm. in Wentzville, Missouri. What's up, Dusty? Um, It's in Wentzville, Missouri, and it is a really, a really up and coming area. One of the more up and coming areas here in the entire St. Louis metro area, if not the up and coming area. And it's just a rougher neighborhood yeah. that has, you know, older, some of the older neighborhoods yeah. out got there. Got a bad stigma, kind of. Got a bad stigma. And we're turning that around. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We're going to own half the neighborhood, if not more. And we're going to continue to make it nicer, rehab the properties, hold our tenants accountable, treat them fairly. And it's going to be an even, uh, you know, it's going to be a desirable place in a desirable city. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's talk through the deal, Lucas. Let's talk a little bit about how we founded it. We're going to talk about how we funded it. We're going to go over the numbers, where we are in the process, because we closed on this about five months ago. Yes. uh, March, whenever that was. Math. Maybe April. Maybe April. We closed on six months ago. So we're 
we're about a quarter of the way through our initial first phase of it. Yeah. So let's talk about how we how we found the deal. How did we buy 42 houses in the same neighborhood? First off, it's all the same owner. The owner, yeah. I'll let you talk a little bit about Terry, but Terry had been buying them since the 90s, I believe. Yeah. He he just, you know, been buying and picking them off one at a time, a, a chunk at a time. So he owned um one one um, you know, landlord owned all 42 houses. Yeah. So uh we found this deal through a wholesaler. Um, one of the main wholesalers that we still buy a lot of houses from to this day. They were at Buyers Club last they night. Were at Buyers Club last night. Um, shout out to them. I, <laughs> I almost said their name, but I get probably doesn't matter. Alyssa, yeah, Pat yeah. And Alyssa, yeah, yep, and uh, uh, Terrell mm-hmm. too. So Terrell's anyway. the one that actually got this exactly. One. Yep. So, um, not sure how they came across it. Probably some sort of equity absentee owner list, and then and cold cold call on the list. Got a hold of them. Um, and brought us into the deal probably about 18 months ago because mm-hmm. uh, they knew we liked Wentzville, number one, uh, that, that where their Wentzville buyers go to. And they knew we're the only type, only only a few lists, a short list of people who can actually take this down in the area because it was uh, 42 houses for, what, $3.5 million? Mm-hmm. Uh, is what he wanted uh, 18 months ago. And we just flat out couldn't pay that 18 months ago it didn't make sense 18 months ago as much as it made sense when we actually closed on it so uh we passed on it we asked to do some owner financing uh, asked to do some subject to stuff and he was like nope three 3.5 one transaction i want it all and uh, so we kind of walked away for about a year didn't we mm-hmm. and he had some bad luck with some other people getting it under contract and then uh backing out on him um he wouldn't show inside the properties that's it that's where that's where every that's where he lost everybody and that's where we're either smart or stupid or a mixture of the both but we i think we're probably some of the only people that could take this deal down the funding you know which other people can get that's not just us but the other thing was we were only able to get in five of the 42 houses before we had to fully commit to the deal and win or 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 lose fifty thousand dollars of earnest money and we didn't even get in all of them before we closed. So yeah. the first week or two, you were, I think you were out of town. I got in five houses and then we had to either say yes without getting in any other houses or seeing any pictures. All the other 37 houses we had not even seen pictures of. Will you commit to the deal? And if you back out, you lose 50 grand of earnest money. We said yes, judging on the condition and talking to the owner a little bit. And then we got in maybe a handful more, but we took exterior pictures, but we closed on these 42 houses and I bet we'd only been in 30 of them. Yeah. I, that's the exact number I was going to say. Like, so a you know, year and a half ago, look at this deal and we put it on pause for a year. And then how did it come back around to us? Do you remember that? Did we just stay in touch with them? I think, I think they just asked us again and, yeah. um, and you know, I reran the numbers. I was like, man, the market's changed a lot over this past 12 months. Let's relook at this. And, uh, not only was it a deal, it was a really good deal at that point. So uh, we decided to uh, transfer conversations from us, the wholesaler and the owner, Terry, to just Terry and, and myself, Terry and us. And uh, I think we can kind of broke his guard down a little bit because mm-hmm. um, he was super rigid because he's been burned over the past year a whole bunch. And he told us we were only going to get in five or eight houses. And uh, we're like, OK, that's fine. Whatever you think. So got him five or eight. We're like, what about five or eight more? He's like, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just took some time to to kind of break down his walls and, and prove to him that we were we were for real and we weren't jerking his chain. And he didn't really want um, to the whole neighborhood to know because he owned half the neighborhood or a little less than that. He didn't want 
you know, getting out that he was selling it unless it was really going to be sold. So, you know, him walking or us walking through, you know, all 40 properties and then not closing would just have caused mm -hmm. kind of a mess and scared all his tenants. So um, he definitely was not a slumlord. He doesn't quite make his houses as nice as us, but he takes pretty good care of them. I don't know his tenant management is quite as good as we like to have it, but overall he took care of the properties, which was nice to see. So um, let's talk a little bit about how we funded it and kind of how you, how you analyze it and ran the numbers. Cause we'll talk about it in the next episode, but kind of ran it similar to a apartment complex deal as far as cash flow goes, but you know, valuation was a little bit different. For sure. Yeah. So um, the, the kicker on these were that rents were probably uh, when we bought it about 60% of what market is. So extremely low. So at purchase, regardless, um, we're, we were not going to be cash flowing on these. So we had to figure out a plan to get cash flow positive as fast as possible. Right. So um, the good news was when we took it down. Um, so uh, bought it for 3.5 million, uh, negotiated with our bank uh, to only put 15% down. So that was huge for us. Um, so 15% of 3.5 million, what is that, like 500K-ish, give or take? I will tell um, you. 500K-ish, give or take. And then um, these houses, 525, you these houses needed work. So uh, not only did we raise the 500K for the down payment from our trusted private lender, uh, we raised an extra $400,000 for capital improvements. So we had a $900,000 um, private lender loan mm -hmm. and we took that money, used to purchase it with the down payment, 85% bank financing, and then $400,000 to fix these things up. Um, so that's what we did. There was like three vacant, right? When we bought it, which is what we wanted. I think the tenants that moved out were paying like 700. We uh, did two quick, easy rehabs on two of them, and then like a huge rehab on one. It was like sixty-five thousand um, dollars, and then the other rehabs were like ten. Um, so just three houses were, you know, eighty-five grand. Mm -hmm. So that's a good so chunk. Yeah, we we've eaten up a lot of the four hundred grand, but uh, our cash flow is positive now because um, uh, we were able to get like twelve hundred bucks out of those people moved out for seven hundred. Uh, we did that on five houses. That's fifteen hundred dollars, or three houses. That's fifteen hundred dollars a month difference. So, yeah, that was huge. And then also, uh, some of a handful, almost half of them were Section Eight NECAC. They were government subsidized yeah. rentals. And our uh, property manager contacted the you know person that ran that government subsidized division out there yeah. and talked to them about what we were doing. And rather than wait till the leases were up, they allowed us to raise rent on all, I think, 17 or 18 properties that yeah. we had up to market rent without doing anything. So we went from cash flowing like probably like 785 a door, I think, for those, you know, on average for those 18 properties to like 12, 1300. So we literally created, you know, almost four or $5,000 of additional cash flow to the yep. bottom line, not the top line, the bottom line, just by talking to you know, the government agency and explaining and asking for market rent, which is what they're supposed to be getting. So that in itself was a, you know, $60,000 yeah. raise like that. That was, that was huge. That made it yeah. cash flow positive, you know, for and good. The, and that's still going on. We, we, you know, I, th I think we actually did have to wait till renewal. So we're only able to do like a few a month as, be as they come available. So that'll continue over the next six months mm -hmm. as well. So, um, and with that, the, the, it doesn't have any effect on the tenant, um, mm. so they don't pay any extra. It's 100% subsidized for the most part, or if it's a small part that's not subsidized and the tenant pays, 
that part doesn't grow. It's just a subsidized part. Yeah. And this was a, a private lender. Well, then we'll get into the numbers, which are, are pretty exciting on this deal. This is my favorite deal. This is, I think, the best deal we've done to date for sure, as far as valuation add, you know, to our net worth, you, you know, just generally improving a community, which is awesome. Uh, cash flow, everything. I think it's the best deal we've ever done. But we got it all from one private lender. And he was somebody that was actually, he found me on TikTok two years ago. He was part of our mastermind, uh, part of the mentorship. You know, he's very successful in his own right. He had a software company that he just sold and made like $50 million on. He had zero debt on it. He had a partner, but he made a lot of money, um, very successful, but wanted to get into real estate. And over the past year or two, he bought 20, 30 rentals. And, you know, we kind of showed him the ropes a little bit. And he said, you know, I got some extra money, would love to invest with you. And Lucas is a private lender, you know, put some of that money to use as, as well as the things he was doing with it. So, just kind of goes to show private lenders can come from anywhere. I remember that afternoon he sent us an email, I forwarded it to you. I was like, he's got some money and he's willing to spend it on us. So that was just a, a different way to find a private lender. Obviously not everybody has a mentorship program and, and you know, Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, but it just goes to show that the more you talk about it, the more connections yeah. you make, the more private lenders are going to come your way. And the more eyeballs you're going to get that on social media, mm -hmm. yeah, whether sure. you have a whole bunch of followers like you or just consistently post about what you're doing and what you're looking for, you're going to get some people interested in that. Yeah, for sure. So so anyway, so we closed on it six months ago for $3.5 million, closing costs and a few things, but generally $3.5 million. The property's got appraised. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that appraisal process because- the banks we work with and the small local bank, they didn't need to get in every property, which was great. They got in a handful of properties and did drive-by appraisals. Yeah. So talk about how that appraisal process went because you kind of ran that. Yeah. So um, on any large purchase like this, the, the bank is going to want to get an appraisal to make sure uh, they're in a good position when they when they lend the money that they're lending. Um, so on a on a multifamily, it's it's you know one building, one appraisal. But on on this package, it was forty two separate appraisals. So that was challenging, uh, no doubt. Um, but like Sam said, uh, each they only had to get inside about one out of every seven. So and we could kind of pick which ones we got in, uh, whether it's easier to access or whether in better shape or whatever it is. Um, so we only had to get in maybe like six. And they were able to just drive by and take exterior photos on the others. So took some coordinating, but it was it was definitely worth it um, because they appraised as is before we even touched them and before we even bought it for um, five point two million. So um, bought it for eighty five a door, give or take, and they appraised for one twenty five one twenty a door, one twenty something give or take. So uh, you know. Millions in equity without even touching it, just having the balls to take something down. Yeah, like one point, yeah, one point seven, one point eight million dollars in equity from day one, and that's equity on paper. I think the true equity. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident they're worth more than one twenty five a door. So I really think we walked into you know two million dollars at least in equity, and then as we improve the properties over the next, you know, I guess what. 18 months now, yeah. I think they're going to be worth even more. I think, I think they're going to be worth whatever the math is. I think when we're done with them in, in two years, that was our, that was our loan with the bank was, uh, you know, or, or we told them we wouldn't refinance until yeah. two years in. We, so, because we could re, re, with those numbers, we could refinance right now. Right now. I think they're going to be worth 150,000, very, even like at the very, very bottom, um, you know, in about 18 months. So that'll make them, that'll make it worth 6.3. Um, yeah. I think it'll be worth 6.3 to 7 million. So, We'll be all in for four million. We'll have two and a half, three million dollars yep. in equity, and you know, didn't use any of our own money. So yeah. I know that 
a deal like this takes some time to coordinate. We couldn't have done this two years ago. We definitely couldn't have done this four years ago. But this is one of those things that the relationships we've been building with the private lender, not knowing that we were building yep. those relationships with him to lend us money with the banks, with Terry, with the wholesalers, all this stuff kind of came together to make a deal like this happen. You know, this these deals don't happen usually right away. So it just kind of goes to show building relationships, what it can lead to over time, which is millions of dollars of net worth, which is fun. Yeah, that is fun. And, uh, you know, we have a, a good property management team, too, that was able to to help us onboard all these tenants because that's a that's a lot of new tenants that aren't used to doing things the way you like to see them done so uh, pretty old school management pretty old then. school old terry so uh yeah old terry was uh you know that just shows the power of real estate too i think he was a truck driver he was a truck driver um and he walked away from closing with like a 3.3 million dollar check and he's like okay bye like yeah. i was like good for you so um that's a nice little retirement for terry yep no that's good and he'd been I think he did truck. He did over the road trucking for a while, and then once he got like ten or fifteen, he just yeah. made his full time gig was yeah. to manage it himself, make you know a few grand a month. And as he grew, he was making I think you know fifteen thousand dollars a month. He was doing all the work, probably working thirty hours a week, you know, helping coordinate things and collecting rent and all that kind of stuff. But you know, he's making good money, and now he's making even better money. So yeah, worked out pretty well. All right, so you have our random thought of the day or whatever we're going to call it. You have our little side. Uh, side street what do you yeah, got for us today? well i think uh, i'm not sure exactly when this episode is going to come out but it'll come whether out it's right in nine days so right before halloween literally like it'll come date. out monday yeah oh halloween then it will come out on halloween yep nice so let's do a halloween candy uh thing okay okay so i know you're a big candy guy i but do like me some candy i think you like more like the like the sweet and chewy stuff more yes and i oh like gosh. the like the chocolate stuff so more. i'm more sweet you're more savory is that right I, I, savory when it comes to candy i guess okay. candy can have a, a savory category too. i don't really know what savory <laughs> means what does it mean it's like uh like sweet and savory like more like like meats and rich taste Anyway, it's hard to have savory and candy because okay. it's, it's, it's all sugar. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, I am I'm more into the texture and like the fruitiness. All right. So, we're going to pick our top five favorite candies. Okay. And I can't pick one that you said and you can't pick one that I said. Well, we have different tastes. So, this is going to... Maybe. I bet right. some overlap. All right. You go first because I'm going first in the next one. No, I'm going first in the next one. You going to go first in the NBA draft? Yeah. All right. I'll, so, I'll go first. So, for me, number one for me is definitely going to be Laffy Taffy. Oh! <laughs> What? That's terrible. Why? Take that number one, have bro. You, well, have you ever had strawberry Laffy Taffy? Yeah. Once and done. All right. Well, I like it. I All like right. the texture of it. It's like My, gum, but it melts. No, there, no kids are getting Laffy Taffy for for Halloween, Sam. Well, that's good. I'll I'll take it. All right. Okay. That is not where I thought that was <laughs> What are you going to do? I'm going to go Reese's, bro. Reese's? Uh, yeah. Not even close. I, I like Reese's, but yeah, definitely not my number one. Obviously. Well, so that's why there's no point doing a draft because it's like, let's do a draft of, you know, our favorite, you okay. know, whatever well, cars. Just give me your top. We'll do draft to NBA because we're yeah. going to want the same players. Yes. And you just give me your top five candies. So I think. Um, for Halloween. For ha for Halloween. We'll yeah. say, yeah. I, um, Sour Patch Kids. Okay. You're going to laugh at that one too? I, that is so much better than Laffy Taffy though. Is it? I don't think so, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, I like Chewy Sprees. Chewy sprees are good. Um, nerd, the little nerd balls. Have you had those? Are like little like nerd ropes. But, I know nerd ropes. I had, but they they just come in little balls. They're same type. Mm -hmm. of, yeah. And then what else would it be? I'll, I'll throw I'll throw Hershey's. Just a little little Hershey chocolate milk chocolate bar. 
Set four? That was five. That was five. Okay. Laffy Taffy, um, Sour Patch Kids. What else did I say? <laughs> sprees, Chewy Sprees. Chewy Sprees. Nerd Gummies. Nerd Gummies. gummies and, and then Hershey's. Hershey's. There you go. You got one chocolate in there. One chocolate. What yeah, do you you're got? right. We would not have, have any of the same. That's why it didn't make yeah. any sense to do that. Because there's so much, so many candies out there, right? There are, yes. Um, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to break out the top two into regular Reese's. And then has anybody had that white chocolate Reese's? My goodness. Like life changer. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's one and two. One A, one B. I, right? feel like, I feel like old people like dark chocolate, normal people like milk chocolate, and like psychopaths like white chocolate. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I like milk and white. There you go. Yeah. So you're just a kind normal a psycho. psycho. Yeah. Normal I, psycho. That's how I describe you. All right. What's Modern your day Dahmer? Do you get do you get three more or do you get four more? I don't know how you did that first one. Uh, three more. Okay. Three more. Okay. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Snickers. Love Snickers. You're so basic. Yeah. That's as basic as it gets Reese's and I'm Snickers. I'm surprised you didn't have Werther's on your list. Werther's, that's old people's stuff. Right. Yeah, Laffy Taffy. What do you think that is? That's not that's they have jokes on them. They're for kids. Yeah. Old people jokes, dad jokes. Yeah. All right, go anyway, ahead with what is next? Um, Snickers. Milky Way, Three Musketeer no, Bar. No. I'm going to go Twix and Kit Kat. Oh, gosh. That was like, that's that's the most boring thing you could no, ever pick. So delicious. All right. Anyways. All right. You know what's a close like six, though, that nobody likes? I don't think anybody likes. Almond Joy. Big Almond Joy guy. We're done with this <laughs> conversation. Almond Joy, get out of here, you there's the sociopath I was talking about coming yeah. out. You almond joy. No one likes almond joy. You think you're making fun of mine and you said almond joy. That's like the oldest mm. person thing ever. Delicious. Well, I think almond joy. I think of like mothballs and old people smells. We could let's go a little bit off the wall to like a payday. Oh, so number seven payday. Delicious. Okay. And if I, I would add a sweet one in there, it would probably be like some. I love chewy sprees. They're good. Maybe like can you? Is gummy bears? Is that Halloween candy? Or is that more like movie candy? That's more like movie candy. Okay. But gummy like, bears are good though. I love gummy bears, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not a big candy guy though, but yeah, not huge. But so, Halloween yeah. wise, like you, it's all around. I'm grabbing it. I'm eating it. I'm well, all perfect. In. I was gonna say you. I can already tell your tummy's getting a little bit bigger. Hey. Anyways, hopefully you enjoyed the 42 pack conversation as well as the candy conversation. I did not know where that was going. We went from a draft to Lucas yelling at me to him being a psychopath. So, anyways, hopefully you got some enjoyment out of this. If you did. Um, we would appreciate you giving this podcast a review and a five-star rating. You don't have to, Lucas, but... Be a lot cooler if you did. All righty, everybody. See you on the next one. Let's start, let's see if you can make this, Walls. Left-handed. With the left. Uh-oh. Pressure. Got the pressure. You didn't record it. All right, here we see if we can get it. All right, here we go. Lucas is one for one. See if I can keep it going. Oh, oh shit. Hit the rim. All right. It didn't go in. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes, along with all our social media handles, so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.